city in Virginia and I'm also um, accompanied by uh, two very um, dedicated podcasters here Kiara hey everyone and Tim hey how's it going uh, so um, just like every week we're gonna like go down uh, you know debuts comebacks hot topics talk about them and um, yeah, just kind of air our opinions, and um, you guys uh, can comment on them and tell us whether we are completely um, horrible people or not, whether you agree with us or not, um, depending on what we say. We're the worst. Um, <laughs> and um, so I I will start. Today, uh, I'll start with this week, and if I if I seem a little um, off, um, I've had a little bit of a rough week, so please forgive me. Um, if when I'll just say try if if ever possible, try not to go eight months without working. Um, <laughs> try to have as as little time between jobs as possible. Um, it'll be it'll it's it's it'll be much easier for you. So um, I, I guess this is for like maybe any younger listeners. Um, but yes, comebacks. Super Junior came back with their magic MV. Um, so anyone have anything to say about that? Fart noise. Let's go. Move on. <laughs> I know Tim. Tim is not a boy band fan, so... That's not true. I am not a super junior fan. Please get it right. There are plenty of boy bands that I like. I stand okay. a boy band, okay? Oh, right. Okay. Um, well, for me, it, well, I actually thought the song was okay. It's not bad. Um, it's definitely one of their better songs in recent history. Um, to be honest, I can't even... Remember what was their last song? Was it Mamacita? Was it something else? Uh, no, it was. Uh, 
name. It was the one where they were with like there's a bunch of girls and what was it something about oh, was it something oh, about devil? The underage girl. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. The okay. Yeah. Girl. I with Super Junior. Like I, I have a hard time remembering their stuff, but I do remember they had something after Mama Sita. So. Yeah. See, it's like. It's, I couldn't even remember Devil because it's that forgettable. The only reason I can remember Mama Sita is because, um, you know, Besties did a superior. Yeah, that no, one. that's that, that's um, the one thing I remember is Bestie covered it, and I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, that was awesome. All I remember was our little uh, end of the year awards last year, and. Uh, Ashley <laughs> giving Super Junior a Best Song of the Year award, which is just so crazy. I don't know. I, was just, I didn't know who to give it to. Whatever. So you gave Let's up. Let's keep what you're going saying. back to that. Like, <laughs> like that's something. Don't that... bring up the past. All right, that's fine. Just no, <laughs> you you shocked us, Ash. What do you want us to do? You, we were just like out of everyone. I was hurt <laughs> when I heard it. I was just like, "How dare you? What a sellout!" <laughs> what do you mean? What? It's not selling out if you're no, just if no. No, when we truth. talked about that song, you didn't really care for it, and then you gave I it. I did it. I was looking sale. from it. I was looking at it from like a popularity and like that's success, selling out. Okay, successfulness point of view. Sell well, out. <laughs> and then that, okay, from that point, all of K-pop is, is, is about selling out. I'm sorry. It okay. sure is. <laughs> I've been saying that this whole time. <laughs> okay, so GOT7 is going to be making a comeback with their fourth mini-album, Mad, on September the 29th. Uh, this podcast is being recorded on the 18th slash 19th, well, officially 19th, and their upcoming title track will not be a song that is composed by JYP. Um, it will actually be produced by Black Eyed Hillsong, apparently. Um, and uh, I guess considering how well that went for Miss A, having a non-JYP um, produced song, um, Got seven has a good chance of maybe you know really breaking out here. What do you mean? Their first song was written by J, wasn't it? Or oh, am I dreaming? Uh, bad girl, good girl. I think it was JYP. I'm pretty sure it's JYP. Pretty sure it's you. Yeah, because he did the intro. He did the intro. The song, yeah, the song that wasn't produced by him was Hush, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he didn't do Hush, and he didn't do um. Which is my fav one of my favorite songs aside from Bad Girl Good Girl because Hush is so unique and stands out so well. I like Hush as well, but I it just didn't catch on. But um, yes, it did. What do you mean? <laughs> it sold well. It did, but I mean, not like their latest song did. Like they they did really well with their their last mini album and their their single. I guess it depends on how you look at it, because they won a ton of awards with Hush, too. So, I mean, it just well, depends. It was yeah, the timing, too. Their last single, they're promoting at the same time as EXO, so... Yeah, I was going to say, like, part of it is the timing and everything like that. Like, it just depends. Like, um, I agree that uh, Miss A's last song sold really well, but I don't know if I'd say it did better than Hush, just because, you know, Hush... Was, I think it did. Hush I think got it the did. chart higher. I, I saw something where they was talking about, like... The, the high highest charting like girl groups of 2015 so far and like Miss A was up there, um, or they might have been they might have been at the top as far as. I think maybe their last song um, 
has slightly a bit more success as in the in the sense of like public. Um, yeah, it's being a mainstream. Like, yeah, like, yeah, mainstream. I could agree with that. Yeah, it was very kind of a mainstream, like very public friendly single. Mm. Um, at least I thought so. Uh, Lovelies came back as eight. Uh, with uh, I think it's Jisoo, it was the one that was having the uh, still still the issues. She still has it. They're still, still having, having it. it. Well, they came back as eight with uh, Shooting Star. I have there, not seen that, but is there pre kind of like a pre debut, like kind of like a before their actual comeback? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I saw that. and I was like, I didn't think they had an MV out, but um, yes. Uh, yeah. Jessie came out with her official MV for uh, Suni. Suni. Um, has anyone seen that? I and we we talked about. Um, I have. Her it's last not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I like love. Jessie has potential, but like, there's just something about her like image or delivery that just I don't know. Well, I think the biggest problem and the reason that she won't ever be successful in Korea, like as a rapper, is that people still complain about the fact that she's lived in Korea for so long and still doesn't know how to speak Korean. Like she still has terrible pronunciation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's just a matter of her still speaking a lot of English and so she kind of avoids it because she does have a lot of English-speaking friends. But it is kind of shocking that she's been in Korea like nearly as long as like Tiffany, for example, and her Korean is considerably worse. So I mean, well, I mean, uh, I guess if she wasn't with like a company, like a big company like SM, where they have, you know, people that that's their specific job is to make sure that you know your Korean before you go out and do PR. Um, you know that that that's a different thing. But I mean, just. For Jesse, yeah, I mean, if she wants to try and make any kind of a fan base in Korea, it would, you would think, you know, okay, I'm going to try and get a decent grasp of the language. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, I for somebody like me who has only, like, a basic knowledge of Korean, like, basic, basic knowledge, um, uh, you know, I, it, I, I don't notice it as much, but I mean, obviously, you know, for her, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, as for the song itself, though, like the song isn't really that great. Uh, it's not, it's not terrible, um, but it's, I don't know. Like, I had a lot of, I had a lot of hopes and expectations for the top four, I should say, I guess, of uh, of Unpretty Rap Star, including Cheetah, and I just feel like everything that people have done, their like main, you know. Like, this song for Jesse, um, Cheetah's, you know, solo that came out, I feel like uh, most of it has been, like, not as good as I hoped. Even Jimin, who I don't like as much, her song with that dude from, uh, what's that group called, In Flying or whatever? Whatever the the other group that's on that label. Um, Even that, I feel like, wasn't as good. So it's just like, I feel like everybody went on that show and, like, just burned everything they had and then came off and were like, oh, we don't really know what to do now. We get our best. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the thing is kind of also, too, with Jimin, I think you have to remember, too, is that she has her girl group to fall back on, unlike the others. So, oh, yeah, of she, course. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's 
that's usually the first thing when you mention G-Min. It's like, you know, she tries to do, like, a side thing where she's oh, yeah, yeah. You know, doing rapping and stuff. She's She's got, um, you know, she's she's got another, you know, kind of another option there. Yeah, I'm not uh, talking about, um what's it called, like, their uh, success. I'm just talking about, like, the sound of their music, yeah. like what they actually put out. I think everything went downhill after um, I'm Pretty Rap Star, and that, that really blows, especially for Cheetah, because I think that Cheetah had the potential to just, like, destroy everything. Yeah, I mean, I think they're... <laughs> I think they're still in a better place. I mean... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're still, I mean, it's the fact of being, people knowing who you are and knowing your name as opposed to not knowing you at all. They still have that advantage. It's just getting a song, getting a sound together that will bring people in. And yeah. however they decide to do that, that's up to them. You know, so, I mean, Jesse, I think, could, you know, I, I think she could really become kind of, I don't know, you know, that kind of multi-national, cultural, like, you know, kind of, you know, celebrity, but, um, you know, it just depends on what kind of songs you get, really. I don't agree with that, but, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's that way, you know, and a lot of times it comes down to that in Korea, and it definitely, I feel like, I feel like it's like that a lot in the U.S. as well. So I think if she tried to reach out outside of like Korea, people would make fun of the fact that she looks oh, like. Oh no, I'm not talking so much oh, of her okay, like okay. trying to be like CL. I'm just saying like taking advantage of the fact that she is, you know, multilingual, and I don't know if she's an American citizen or she's a South Korean citizen, but I mean, you know. Um, taking advantage of the fact that she, you know, is seems to be more, um, you know, kind of have more equal, you know, bearing on both sides as opposed to, you know, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, Jesse and Chita could both do well. It just depends on the song and how they're promoted. And that's, all on them and whatever management that they have. So, um, going ahead of that, um, we have Ro Ji Hoon from Cube, um, a male um, uh, male single artist um, who came out with an MV. If you are feeling sad or feeling down. Um, you know, any day. Um, just pull up his MV if you were me. It's nothing but sweetness, puppies, love, um, beautiful shots of nature. Um, it's just you know, it it it's a it's a automatic like mood liftener. Um, <laughs> It's, it's just basically happiness in the MV. Um, uh, as far as the um, artist, Roji Hoon, um, decent singer, um, Kiara, you said they finally let him out of the basement. I don't know how long he's been with Cube. I think for about 
three. He debuted about three, four years ago, maybe five. I can't. I don't really remember. I think it was. I think it was three. Three. Okay. But um, yeah. I mean, the only time you would actually see him would be like once a year or twice a year at the Idol Championship, Idol Athletic Championships, because you know he would always go with the Cube family or whatever. But that said, like you'd never like he hardly, hardly's been promoted. You know. Cube pretty much put him in the basement, and then it's only so recently because Rain, you know, left Cube. So they're like, "Oh wait, we need to fill that empty space of having a soloist." Uh, oh yeah, remember we had that other soloist. So let's bring him out. And I'll give you a song. Here's some looking guys, some puppies. Yeah, it'll work for now. There you go. I those are some of the most patient people in the world. He had a I, special I, stage with uh, Ailey, right? Like a couple years ago. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. That's all I remember from him. I liked his song, though, but this new song, like, I don't understand because his image before is, it feels so drastically different from, like, his puppy's cute, sweet image that he has now. I'm just like, <laughs> what? What? Who are he's you? Just, he's just trying something different, you know? I no. mean, after three years of not being, having any promotion, I would try something different, too. No, like more I like... Said, I... Cube forgot what his concept was. It was like, wait, what? I was gonna what say. Could you do again? Um, no, let's just do this. You know, let's try this out. Let's see how this works. Please. Yeah, I don't I, think I don't think it's a matter of them deciding to change his image because he's been gone so long. I think they just forgot his old song. They were like, what? What song did we give you? What was, I don't remember. Here's some puppies. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's been so long. It's like, why not just do something different? I mean. I don't know. I, I, I like I said, idols are. I, I, they're some of the most patient people in the world. I mean, to sit there. I mean, I, I don't know if they get even get any money. Like that whole period, do they get even get like any money? Like while they're just kind of sitting there and no one's doing anything with them. Like I, you know, I, I just. <laughs> Probably like some know. of them can't even afford to do anything because they don't have the money to sue or try to go anywhere, especially if you don't really have well, any That's what money. I'm saying. Like, you know, if they're signed under a company and then the company's like, you know, focused on another group at, the, at that time and you're just kind of sitting there waiting for them to get, get to you and, and make you a priority, <laughs> you're just sitting there and not making any money, like just to I mean, sometimes a lot of the a lot of the times, what they do in their resting period would be like you know go on variety shows, or you know, do promotions like going overseas or having concerts or things like that. But this guy, I don't think he really did much except go on the Idol Athletic Championship things. That's the only time I would really see him. So. Huh. Okay. Well. Um. Best of luck to him. Uh, Harpy, uh, came out, uh, with a track called Beautiful. I'm not very familiar with them, but, uh, you know, I want to try and get some new goo love, so, Harpy. Uh, Lee Song's Gary, uh, who is, I'm, I guess we can say wrongly <laughs> identified in a, a sex tape, um, He's going to have his solo return with uh, Get Some Air. Uh, he's released the MV teaser with uh, Miwoo. 
So he is going to be coming back. Fly to the Sky released part two of their drama MV, If I Have to Hate You. I've not watched part one or part two. Shannon, who unfortunately is not with us tonight, um, I think has watched both parts and um, I think is um, part of the reason why she's not here. I, I think <laughs> I think that the drama uh, stirred something um, unfortunate in her soul. So um, I watched it. Oh, you did? You watched it? What did you think of it? I, I did not. So I. I don't know what it's about or okay because the first part the first music video left a lot of people like really like confused and angry because <laughs> pretty much you see this guy he's like I don't know he's just at a, like a cafe or whatever and then this girl like goes up to him she's like oh like she you know she recognized him so she's like oh do you remember me or whatever so it seems like they knew from each other past whatever and like uh, he like drops his phone or whatever and you see on his phone he has pictures of this girl so you're like oh his girlfriend or whatever and so but then it's like you see them hanging out or whatever and then you know they kiss or whatever and they, they look like they're dating or whatever so it's, so it's like oh my god this guy's like cheating on his girlfriend with this girl and then um so they're like they're together, or whatever, and then like they're on the bus or something, and then I guess he sees his girlfriend. He gets out of the bus, like uh, leaving behind the girl, the girl he's dating, or he's like dating now or whatever. And but then like so all this stuff happens, and then like he proposes to the girl, and then she said yes, and then so it's like the end. It was like, um, them, like you know them getting about to get married or whatever, and then the, and I guess his first girlfriend or whatever, like, she's at the wedding, and he's, like, kind of surprised to see her, and she was just, like, congratulations or whatever, and then and then the girl he's going to marry, like, sees her, she gets kind of nervous or whatever, but then, like, just as they're, like, at the altar, like, he turns around, and he goes to the first girlfriend, and he was, like, and he, like, hugs her or whatever, and then it just ends with the the, the bride crying or whatever. So it left a lot of people angry and confused. <laughs> They're like, what the hell is going they on? They might well have just done a drama. Like, she's... So, um, <laughs> so then part two pretty much kind of explains what happened, um, where it's like you find out that they actually went to school together. Um, the main guy and then the main girl, the one he was going to get married to. Um, let's call her Miss B. No, let's call yeah, let's call her Miss A actually. So, Miss um, A and the guy they were like they went to this, uh, high school together, but she was kind of like quiet and nerdy or whatever, and she had a crush on him, but like she never had a chance to tell him. So, and then as when they got old, like a few years later, um, she bumps into him on the street, but like he doesn't recognize her or whatever, like because he didn't really know her in high school. Uh, but, you know, so she kind of like, like, oh, you know, like, this like, destiny, we met again. So it's like she kind of, because she's seeing him again, she I guess she looks him up online, like his Facebook or whatever. So she kind of, like, cyber-stalks him in a way, like, looking at his, like, his whatever, his social media. And then um, what turns out, and then, you know, she sees him again at this restaurant, the same one that they met up in the first music video. And then, but then she sees that he's eating with someone, and that it turns out to be his girlfriend, which is a girl that works with her at the same company. So you know, she's like crying, she's like upset or whatever. So apparently, at their job, um, they have like a, a promotion, 
for but the promotion would be that the person would have to work in China or something like that, and she suggests, uh, let's say the other lady, Miss B, to, to to get the job to get the promotion. So Miss B, oh, accepts, yeah. So Miss B accepts the promotion or whatever. So in the end, I guess she kind of like you know, well, tells her boyfriend like, oh, you know. I'm gonna be going to China or whatever, so it kind of like it kind of it hindered their relationship or whatever. So Miss A took this chance and she, cause you know she was kind of nerdyish, well supposed to be nerdyish, you know she had glasses, whatever, it was kind of meek looking, and then she changed her style up, you know she took off her glasses, you know. That oh, was, of course, uh, she's all that like makeover. Yeah, so she like take she, off your glasses. Yeah. Now you're instantly hot. <laughs> yeah, so now they're like, so it goes back to the beginning of the first um, music video, which is like, like you know, she goes up to him, but with like, kind of, not attitude, but she was like, oh, you remember me, right? I remember you, and you know, like, she's being very confident, like, opposite of what she really is, and so, so really, he wasn't really dating the other girl, they kind of like broke up, because, you know, she went to China or whatever, with Miss B, so she, even though, but he like, he missed her, but because he, he still had her photos in his phone. So in the end, he you found out you know he wasn't cheating on his on Miss with Miss he wasn't cheating Miss B with Miss A because they broke up or whatever, but it was because of Miss A's fault. But so yeah, you see the fact that the, um, him and Miss A started dating, blah blah blah, and then when he did see his girlfriend Miss B on the bus, he you know it was like oh my gosh, you know, but whatever whatever things happen, so we, we go to the wedding or whatever. So in the end, yeah, you see that I think. Um, the girlfriend, Miss B, kind of knew, felt like something was weird, but so when she saw that they were getting married, those two, like, her ex-boyfriend and her former co-worker, I don't know, kind of, like, weird tension, and then, but yeah, in the end, he, I guess he still was in love with his ex-girlfriend, Miss B, so in the end, he chose her and left Miss A at the altar crying. That's it. Wow, they need to do a web drama out of that, like... <laughs> I, that's really involved. Okay. Uh, for most people, he went from a major asshole to kind of an asshole because he still left the girl at the altar. But then again, she was the reason why him and his girlfriend broke up in the first place because she was the one like, oh, have her take the job to China or whatever. Right. But yeah. So she okay. kind of manipulated that relationship. But whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay. I. I guess. Shannon was rooting for Miss A, maybe that's why she was so torn apart by the drama. I, I don't know, yeah. we'll have to ask her. <laughs> um, like I said, they should have done a web drama or something, because that's really intricate. Yeah, it's, uh, really, it's really old school, because like, if you really watch old school Korean music videos, especially like, like um, ballad songs, a lot of them are really long, kind of like, they're like, nine to fifteen minute like mini dramas because they tend to be very elaborate and very dramatic. So in the fight to fight to the sky keeps that formula. Like that's still the formula they use. It's like when you watch their music videos, they tend to be slightly long because they create a whole story which hmm. you know, goes with the mood of their songs and stuff. Well, I guess you can't blame them for putting effort into their MVs. Um so uh going forward, CM Blue um, debuted their C Cinderella MV. Um, Nell, um, which is uh, another um, Korean uh, 
band, I guess they're more on the indie side, um, came out with Starshell and their MV. For debuts, we had, I don't know anything about them other than I saw this name, Viva, Viva Diva? Viva Diva? Uh, you know better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's another girl group. Um, and I and I was like, okay, well, they debuted. I didn't, I, and, you know, we talked about Dia last week. I did not realize that they were already getting, like, fan chants and stuff. Like, people were already, like, getting into them. I mean, I kind of, I kind of see, like, they have, they have a good, like, they they have a good presentation and whatnot, and good visuals, and, but, um, I was kind of surprised by, you know, how into, how into them people were already being, so, I don't know. Um, Icon has their, uh, pre, uh, pre-release kind of a pre-release single, my type, um, kind of their um, appetizer to their main course of their um, full mini album or album, whichever it is, um, my type, which came out and slayed all over the music charts, because why not, um, YG, um, did you guys have any opinions on Icon as far as... I mean, I know it's 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 not the official single, but no one had any thoughts on Icon. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, I I liked it. Um, I thought it was a cool like kind of mellow song. Mellow songs typically do pretty well. Obviously, this song is no exception with how it's charting. Um. I saw a lot of people saying, like, you know, we waited this long and it's kind of underwhelming, but I feel like people are forgetting that it's, like, the warm-up. It's not supposed to be the real hit single that they make their debut with. Um, people just are so tacked onto the fact that it's the first song, so it must be their debut, and thus, it, that's it, you know? And it's, like, clearly, that's not how YG plans to promote this group. It's just to give you an introduction to the to the group itself. So for, for that, I think it's fine. I do think that it shows a too heavy reliance on B.I. and Bobby. The fact that B.I. and Bobby have the verses and the chorus drives me nuts because you have singers. He is, uh, yeah, the next G-Dragon, essentially. Well, um, they're both the next GD top. That's all it is. Like, they're the... Yeah over um, exposure of their rappers because they're a hip-hop group and things like that. Like, it, it's fine, whatever, but, I mean, if you're going to have this guy who you're also claiming is the next YB and then you also have uh, Junho who's working hard to, like, become a good singer and everything, it's like, what? why don't you just let them do what they want to do? Like, let them grow. They can only grow if you actually give them lines and give them a moment. I do think this group has way too many members. Um, that's going to be, that's my biggest problem with it. Um, and I don't think that the line distribution will ever be fair because I think forever we're always going to get two verses that come from the rappers and it's going to be like a full verse like we just got. So um, that's all I'm worried about really. I did like the chorus and having the rappers on it or having Bobby on it I should say. I think it would have been better if the rappers had like shifted so one person got the first part of the verse um, 
or the first part of the chorus, and then a singer got the second part, and then the next time around, that other rapper got the first part, and then another singer got the second part, and it would have been better for line distribution. But what do I know about music, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to kind of see them come out in, like, just complete ridiculousness, like Big Bang back in the day. Like, I just... Yeah. I, I, I just want to see a group do something like that, so... Well, they had... I don't know um, if that's what they're they're going toward or not, but... I hope it's not too much like Big Bang, because they're already being compared to Big Bang. Um, and obviously that's inevitable, but, but um, I do like that their their video was very, like, fun and playful and stuff. Like, it was yeah. a little too cute for me, but it also wasn't, like, so cute that I wanted to, like, vomit. So, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's worse. Um, but I yeah. do think it's a good a good way to separate them, because, like... You know, if you can if you can have fun and and still be quirky and things like that, like that's what people want to see. That's why big right. bands grow up, you know. And so. then also, like they have to make sure that there's a distinct line between them and winner. Like they don't yeah, want to have course. any overlap there. Like, oh well, they definitely will because they'll have dances and winner will never will. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, yeah, but I'm just fun. saying, like also in like music too, like it it will benefit them the most if they're. You know, both distinctive groups, um, and have their own styles and and whatnot. So you know, I I don't want to see that style like overlap at all. Like Winner yeah, has their whole Winner thing. Winner will always be ballady and stuff. And I don't want Icon to do that. If Icon's coming out, they I want them to have their own thing. So, yeah, I don't think we'll ever get that until they're way. Like, till you're way later to the point where, you know, Big Bang started making ballady songs and things like that. But before that, I don't think we're going to get that. Okay. I am the Oracle! Oh my yes. god, here we go. AOA, I've been saying for several, um, for several podcasts now, that ever since Wonder Girls came out with their band concept, oh, AOA, all of a sudden... Um, it's just going to be like, wow, well, um, we're going to do our band concept, you know, after we've been like, we just, you know, abandoned it and just left it out in the middle of nowhere to die. Um, recently this week, um, oh, what did we see? Uh, on social media, transformer group AOA, whose active is dance and band, plan to showcase as band band unit next year. How, uh, how I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. You can keep calling yourself the Oracle, but when it doesn't happen, I'm going to come on the podcast and laugh loudly at you. <laughs> because it's how not going to happen. convenient, though, that they're... I mean, I'm just saying how convenient that they're even announcing it at this time point in time when, you know, Wonder Girls are doing their whole band unit. You know, and they just kind of left their band unit out to, like just shrivel and, and, and die up because they were like, well, nobody wants to see that. And we're just going to go with, you know, the traditional, like, seven, eight-member girl group doing, you know, sexy, you know. Being successful, yes, correct. Sexy yes. dancing. Well, you know, successful in the most obvious way. Still um, successful. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm just saying, it's, but it's the most obvious way. And, you know, not trying to do what they originally set out to do, which was, was have a group that, you know, could do both things. But uh, 
you know, whatever. If they try to do it, I would be interested to see, you know, how they um, bring AOA Black back if they do happen to do that. But I just want to say that I did um, predict this um, several podcasts back, so... I just want to remind you that people have been saying that it's coming for like ever, so you're not. Yeah, only- and they didn't say, it, and they didn't say they didn't make any announcement until like this week. So I still legitimately don't think we're gonna see it. There's no way. I'll be shocked if we actually see them promote on TV shows. I could see them having a concert and being like, "Oh, we're gonna have AOA Black perform." Yeah, of course, but I doubt we'll see it on TV. That would surprise me. If we see it on TV and they actually promote it and put time and effort into it, I will be genuinely shocked. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Well, something um, very surprising to K-pop fans happened this week. Taehyung of Girls' Generation and Baekhyun of EXO decided to take an extended break from each other for an indefinite period of time. And it was announced by their company, by SM, and retweeted, reposted all over Twitter and we had to deal with the aftermath. Taeyeon and Baekhyun are no longer together. And hopefully Taeyeon can actually get with someone that is actually um, of her age and maybe someone wow, like a rich, <laughs> rich, rich businessman. Um someone that she can actually benefit from being with. Wow! How dare you? Jamie lives on. What do you mean? Her and Tiffany are going to be together forever because, you know, Tiffany was up with Niku. And, you know, it's all conspiracy. Don't you know? (laughs) I'm so tired of this already. Can we go to the next topic? Anyway, according to um, one of the Korean... um, news gossip sites, they were like an on and off couple anyway, which, (laughs) considering the fact that they're idols, that's not even surprising. I mean, if you wanted to ask, you know, people, (laughs) you know, not even thinking of the people that are surprised that idols get together in the first place, which, I mean, they probably hook up all the time. Um, The fact that Idols probably hook up all the time, and the fact that they have schedules where they're, you know, you know, in any random place at any random time, um, it completely makes sense that they would not be able to have it. It would be very, or it would be very difficult, I think, for them to have a normal relationship with anyone, much less another idol. So, um, this. To um to be um to not be uh, shady for a moment, I'm not surprised by this at all. And um, yeah, this is this made pretty much no waves on on my 
a news feed at all. But it's notable to mention because I was just—I remember being surprised when this was first announced that the whole um, internet didn't explode. So you mean what exploded was the Oreos that had no. That didn't do <laughs> I still don't understand the Oreo thing. I still don't understand it, and I just, yeah, I, I don't. No one understands besides, you know, Bacon and t and Tank <sighs> fans. I don't get it. Stupid. <laughs> Poor defenseless Oreos suffered for no reason. Stupid. 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 Okay, <laughs> so here's um before we get to to um some hot topics, uh, here's some a few things that I found that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, some trending articles. There's one trending article that's been going on around, um, and I, I don't know where this originated, but this is kind of interesting and weird where there have been fans that have been gathering and to basically um, protest that they think that uh, 21 uh, member Dara would have been better served, I guess, under SM Entertainment. Um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know where this started or uh, where this originated from, um, but they said there were some netizens that came to the conclusion that she should not have debuted under YG and that her natural freshness and immortal beauty were hidden in the early 21 days by the group's flashy concepts and overdone makeup. That's true. A look at her photo. Okay. A look at her photos without makeup compared to with the heavy stage makeup revealed an astonishing contrast. With this in mind, uh, the netizen selected SM Entertainment as her ideal agency. They hypothesized that Lee Su-min would have taken care of her and helped adjust her nasal singing tone. Disagree. So first, first, this is the thing that stands out to me the most. I do definitely agree that her um, like looks were really hindered by to anyone styling at the beginning. Like she is very lovely in her own way. Um, she's not really my type, but I totally understand when people are like, she's beautiful. I'm like, okay, well, I get it. I can see why you feel but that way. She was kind of the visual of the group then. Right, but she also was dressed ridiculous forever. Like, she was the visual because she was so pretty that it didn't matter that they would put her hair in a freaking palm tree or something else that was ridiculous or braid her, her whole head and all that stuff. You know, like, people just let it go because she was so pretty and because she was so charming as a person that they felt like, nah, it's not that big of a deal, right? So in that respect, I do agree that she probably... Um, would have benefited more from being in the type of group SM has, but I legitimately only think that people have made this connection because SM clearly cares more about looks than they do about vocal talent, and she wouldn't have had to carry a group. She could have just been a pretty girl in a group. Like, um, SM is all about that. There's plenty of those. Girls' Generation, there's plenty of girls who can't sing and are just there because they're whatever looking. You know, she, You could have thrown her in a group that size. She would have been perfectly fine. Like, she would have been fine. The only issue she would have in that group is that, or in SM, is that SM definitely dances way more than to anyone. And even SM's, like, worst dancers are probably still better than she is. So that would be her real, her real issue. 
but I, I think Dara is actually better. not a bad dancer. She's gotten better. She's you're wrong. She's better. She's better than Bomb. That literally is saying nothing. <laughs> I could dance better than Bomb in my chair. Like you're out of your mind <laughs> if you think that's an accomplishment. The only thing I'll say about the whole SM thing is that I think Dara did benefit from being in 21 with the fact of being in a four-member group and the fact that they were so individualized that she was promoted very much as an individual. Whereas with SM, if she debuted with a group, it would have been very much like she's just part of the group. You know, she would have had to work to work to stand out. I feel no, like that. I think she, as a person, like, from, from you know, I did used to pay attention to 21 like crazy, so seeing her and the way she interacts with people, I think she would have been fine. They would, put her, they would have put her on Variety, and she would have had more opportunity to be on Variety, because SM likes Variety and puts their artists on Variety. So we would have actually seen, I think, a lot more of her. Like, for example, I think if she had been on SM in any sort of girl group that had debuted when we were still doing Roommate, she would have been a shoe in for that show. She would have been the person that they would have put on Roommate. She's the person I thought YG should have put on Roommate over Bomb because she has the personality that would go really well in a show like that. So I think she would have had way more opportunity to actually be on TV and be in variety and that's where she excels. Like getting to talk to people, getting to interact with people and, let, and letting people see her like quirky side is where she comes off as a stellar personality and it's part of the reason that people love her. Because she got popular because of To Anyone's TV show. That's why she really blew up. People got to see her outside of being on stage. And then they got to see her interact in interviews and things like that. And she's very charming. Um, and SM handles charming personalities much better than, than YG. Because YG doesn't go on shows enough. YG doesn't promote variety enough. I mean, that's that's been the complaint with YG for forever. Is that they don't go out of their way to make their artists like very approachable. Um, so I think that that if I'm not saying that she's hindered in any way being on to anyone, but uh, I do think that if you put her in the career path on SM, I think she would be just as popular. I don't well, think I she think would it have does say something too that like now that CL is on her whole American run, that this is now the period when we're just starting to see Dara try and make like make um inroads as a drama star and she's mentioned I think she's mentioned several times that she's wanted I mean she did this when she was in the Philippines she did dramas and she wants to do dramas in Korean in Korea as well and for the longest time you know people were like YG why don't you try and like cross promote Dara and dramas and they just didn't do it you know so and so she's just kind of starting to get involved in, in that business. Right, but now that's what that I mean. I think she would have been in it way earlier. Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. Like, I think she would have been in it way earlier if it had been on SM. If she had been on in, uh, in on SM, people would have gotten to see her do those kind of things. Like, tons of SM artists do dramas. Mm -hmm. So her having the ability to... Um, or the urge and the drive to act, she probably would have been able. She would have gotten an opportunity way quicker than she did on YG. Is more what I'm saying. So I think that if you if you're talking about global presence, she definitely was better off on 
YG, and I think that she's fine in 281. I think she clearly has been as successful as anybody could ever dream to be, uh, to be completely honest. So when people say, like, oh, she should have been on SM, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I understand if you take in what SM does with their artists versus what YG does with theirs, I think it does make more sense for Dara to be on SM, and she was kind of a weird, strange choice uh, to be on YG, and it's even stranger when you consider the fact that she wasn't supposed to be into anyone. She only got there because she worked so incredibly hard to be a part of that group. Because YG didn't want her into anyone originally. It was only because she worked so hard and tried to improve that he let her in that group, even with her weak vocals. So it's it's just it's very interesting to think about because in the group she's in now, she is the least talented member in terms of performing. 100% the least talented. So She's in a strange spot where she is literally the less, the least useful member of To Anyone, but she has probably, well, no, not even probably. She has the most personality of that whole Right. She's, so. she's essentially taken herself on as being, like, the face of the group, Right, yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. At but least I in think, Korea. Right, and I think that personality is better served in SM where you have people who don't necessarily give a lot to the group, but it's okay because they can do this, that, and the other thing. Like, they're interesting. Fans like them. They're pretty. Um, you know, they can act, whatever. Like, she could have played in a group. She could have played the same role that Yuna plays. Yuna isn't necessarily good vocally. She's definitely a better dancer than Dara. But part of what makes Yuna popular is that she's very pretty, and then when you get to talk to her and get her an interview, she's she has her own weird, unique kind of charm. And people like that about her, because people like her for more than just her looks at this point. They do like that she has a weird, interesting sort of charm. And she doesn't get to showcase it enough, but they let her act and model and all that good stuff because of her popularity. If you put Dara in a group, I think, in, in, in like an SM group, I think you could have gotten the same thing. And I think that's what fans are trying to say. Like, you could have gotten, she could have gotten... Uh, the push in the areas where she's stronger on SM more than she would on YG. And I, I agree with that. Okay. It's just interesting to me because when I saw that, it was like, it just kind of seemed very random. But hearing you talk about it, I guess I can see why people would be like, oh, well, you know, under this company. And yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, she would have. Polly would have done okay, done fairly well under SM as well. It just kind of seemed weird to, to just, you know, and I guess maybe that it comes out off of also now that, you know, 21 is on hiatus and um, CEO's um, still going with her whole Westward expansion thing. Um, uh, people are just kind of looking, you know, at where the rest of the girls are doing. I think I read something where somebody saw Dara at the airport and asked her how Bomb was doing. <laughs> and she was like, fine. So, uh, Park Bomb's doing fine. Uh, as said by um, Park Sandra. Uh, let's go on to, uh, Hot Topics, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna have to change that, because I feel like I'm, like, doesn't The View call, like, Hot Topics? I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to be like The View. 
I don't that, watch the like, news, so I wouldn't. <laughs> me too. I feel like that's what they, they, they call, like, a section of their show. Anyway, uh, main discussion um, items, whatever. Um, I want to talk about this because you mentioned it, Kiara, but I don't really know anything about it. You said Vicky has an original drama coming out called Drama Land? Drama World, but yes. Oh, Drama World, um, okay. So I'm just going to read, like, uh, about it from an article. Um, it's just, I don't know, you, you just got to hear the synopsis of this, and, you know, <laughs> you got to tell me what you think. <clears throat> okay. The story of your life is soon becoming television reality, thanks to Vicky's first original series, Drama World. Drama World, a 10-episode comedy drama set in Los Angeles and Korea, will pay homage to millions of international K-drama fans with a plot line that reflects their daily lives. The show is being co-produced by Vicky, China's Jetavana Entertainment, Korea's Intermedia Contents, and Third Culture Contents. The story follows 20-year-old college student and K-drama fangirl Claire Duncan, who will be played by Australian actress uh, Liv Hewson, whom, with a touch of magic, gets transported into her favorite show with her bias, June Park, who will be played by Sean Richard, uh, featuring a plethora of cameos and appearances, appearances by Twilight's Justin Chong, Super Junior's Choi Shiwan, and Hyde Jekyll Han Jimin. Drama World will debut worldwide exclusively on Vicky.com in early 2006. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the... Uh, wow, that sounds like a Korea boo mess. It sounds like somebody's... Korean, uh, somebody's fanfic of you know those fanfics where like fans describe them as a, a, the first character and they like, oh, like that, they meet oh, their idol. Novel that that girl wrote about. Does it call like he like hello I love you or something about this girl? It it's actually a published novel about some girl that's from like a rich like family musical family that goes to Korea and like meets a musician there and yeah, so it's kind of different. Well I'm gonna review another like from Vicky, their actual website, what is what's their um synopsis of it. Because that was from uh the Soompi article. Now this I'm gonna read the the synopsis on Vicky's website. What is the most exciting and most terrifying thing that can happen to a K drama fanatic? Claire Duncan is a twenty year old college student who finds her real life boring. Maybe that's because she's never looking up. Instead of having her nose buried in her smartphone and watching her favorite Korean drama, Taste of Love, starring her favorite actor, June Park. June Park plays the hot chef and protagonist in Taste of Love, who is still waiting for his one true love to come into his life. Through a touch of the supernatural and sprinkle of magic, Claire's desire to shed her own boring life Life and live in the world of taste of love comes true when she is transported into her favorite drama and comes face to face with June Park. There, Claire also meets the mysterious writer Seth Coe, who made his own journey into the drama years ago from the real world and, mentor, and mentors Claire on how to navigate the drama world. When the appearance of Claire throws taste of love off balance, causing other dramas to splice into the series, what kind of crazy adventure will Claire experience? 
Drama World is a 2006 Vicky original series produced in partnership with Korea Boo. That tells you a lot right there. Uh, set in Los Angeles and Seoul, the first ever American-Korean mashup series is written by Josh Believe and Chris Martin and directed by Chris Martin. So... That kind of sound makes it sound confusing, though. Like... What's confusing? Like different dramas splicing into each other and different... I think it's kind oh. of in a way... It's kind of like, you know, the whole, like, oh, if you go into... A, like, if you mess up with a past, or like you've seen those movies where, like, you go back to the past, and if you mess the with the butterfly something, effect and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. sound of thunder, that kind of thing, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But pretty much, this, this is like a, a fangirl's ultimate, you know, fan fiction story, you know, wish fulfillment, yeah, type of thing. So, I mean, it could go either, either way, either it will be really very meta ish, and it'll be like them making fun of everything with. You know things that ha cliche things that happen in drama, and it'll be funny, or it will be one true huge train disaster. And I feel like it's gonna be very like earnest and like sin trying to be sincere, because I feel like anything like associated with like K-pop or K-pop bands is not gonna be self-aware enough to like be able to you know, pull off satire or make fun of themselves. I think they can. Um, you have it a lot with, um, what are these dramas by those sisters? I can't remember their name right now. Um, but, you know, like, dramas like, um, what do you call it? Oh, what's that genre? She's, she's beautiful, whatever. I can't remember the name. But, you know, uh -huh. there's these, the, the Hong sisters, there we go. Um, they're very famous Korean writers. Uh, they've done dramas. And a lot of the dramas are very loved just big, based on the fact that a lot they put a lot of meta stuff into it where they kind of, like, take the cliches and then they spin it around. Or they kind of, like, point it out and make fun of it in their dramas. Mm -hmm. um, they, they get a lot of love for that. So if they have anything somewhat like that in this drama, then I think a lot of people will like it. But to be honest, it, this is, just feels like a fan fiction becoming, you know, a TV show, and I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like it's just like from the way you described it and who's involved, it sounds like it's the sort of thing where people are trying to kind of cash in on, you know, international you know, Western interest in uh, K-pop and, you know, do kind of a wish fulfillment type thing. I mean, like I said, like you, well, like you said, if it was kind of a satire kind of thing where it kind of, you know, turned, you know, you know, kind of these expectations on their head, like, that would be great, but that... That I mean, for something like this, that I mean, I I think that is asking a lot. <laughs> Where they're probably trying to like, you know, make some you know quick money off of this, you know. Um, I I I mean, I will say if I'm proven wrong and you know it's actually you know somewhat thoughtful and um, interesting, then. You know, I'll eat my words, but <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's going to be. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, I don't really know much about the main, the main actress, uh, Liv Hewson. Um, I'm I bet she's blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Uh, close. She has red hair and blue eyes. Uh, she's oh, Australian. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, she's you know she's Australian. Uh, I'm looking at her IM her IMDb you know page or whatever. Um, she's done a few things I guess acting wise, but nothing that I know of. Um, so and the main lead guy, uh, Sean Richard, he's a actor. Uh, he's half Korean. Uh, half British. He was in a few like Korean dramas, but since not like 2012, so you know he's kind of been out of the scene in Korea for a while now, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Justin Chon. Some people might know him. He's like you know, he was in you know Twilight. Um, he he's done other like little uh, movies, and you may have known him with um, the Wong Fu production guys and uh, Ryan Higa. Like he's hung out around them. To, so, I don't know. And then you know, she won from Super Juniors. Also gonna make like a cameo in it. Yeah. <laughs> SM always gets some of their people up in there. Um, so I don't know. We're gonna. I guess we'll see what happens. It won't air until 2016. I'll be interested so. to see. I probably won't watch it, but I'll be interested to see what like people's reactions are to it. Um, <laughs> I just hope it's better than that American version of Boys Over Flowers. But even oh, then, like, they didn't even exercise. they didn't even try. They didn't even try with that. Like, ugh. they said people were leaving that, like quitting that show, like while it was, t like while they were filming. Like they didn't even try. Um, I, I don't know. I watched five minutes, and that was enough for me to never go back. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. But this one, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in, what, like, this seems like this might have the potential to grow, grow into, like, a kind of a trend, you know, with this whole, wish, you know, Western um, international fan wish fulfillment sort of thing. This is um, Yeah, this is definitely something more that I feel like is going to appeal much to the younger K-pop slash K-drama um, fans. Yeah, you know, and I think it's something, like, where maybe... Like, a lot of people are, like, the management and PDs are starting to realize, hmm, like, we could make money, like, realizing we can make money off of this and, you know, going in, in, in this kind of direction. And it'll be interesting to see if they try and do more things like this because um, I'm going to bring it up a little bit later, but I think with international fans and Korean fans, there is a, as there is in some some ways a kind of divide as far as you know you know you know there you know as far as who who I hate to say owns the because nobody owns them but I mean you know the fans feel very protective of of um of the groups and 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 who who they like and you know feel like you know the you know see western or international fans as just outsiders and um you know if they if this was something that was you know that you know was that caught catches on and you know produces other 
forms of media that's similar to that, it would just be interesting how um, people would respond to it. So, okay. So that is something I definitely um, drama world. We will. Um, I will be keeping tabs on that to see <laughs> how that turns out. Um, so there's a couple of things that I did um, want to kind of um, get a chance to discuss um, before uh, the podcast is over today. First thing. Um, I have to credit Tim with sending this to me literally like hours or so before the podcast. Um, and I don't know how this is, you know, by the time this podcast is posted and um, people hear it, there's no telling um, how this um, how this piece of information may turn out. Um, but right now, uh, I feel, well, I personally have to say I feel kind of sour about it. So, winner of track one of Unpretty Rap Star 2. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler spoilers. Alert. Oh, my gosh. It's already, it's already <laughs> subbed in, like, English. Oh, my gosh. If, it's, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it since I saw something about group watching, okay? I was loyal to the crew. Thanks. I mean, I didn't say that you didn't. You had to have not watched it. No, it's fine. Spoil it. Spoil it. Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you could be looking at like Korean, like K-pop, yeah, like news sites, joke. and not be spoiled. Okay. That's the joke. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, spoilers for those of you who may. Not be um, delaying watching it for whatever reason, but winner of track one of Unpretty Rap Star 2 was uh, contestant Trudy. Um, she got a to-do recorded song featuring Cheetah, produced by Verbal Gent. Um, sometime on the 18th of September, I was sent a message by Mr. Tim Murdy Murda uh, about a um, Twitter user named Mockception, and her um, on her Twitter account she wrote that Trudy replied to me with a PM proving she isn't mixed. Girl has been cosplaying as black people this whole time. SMH, which for those of you who don't know means so much hate. I and thought it was shaking the, my head. I didn't know it was so much hate. Uh, so this is the translation of what Trudy wrote. Hello, this is Trudy. If that is how I make you feel, I am sorry. However, I love black culture, and that is what I am doing. Um, this is a note from, I believe, Moxception. That part is sketchy since it can mean she likes doing it or that it is what she is trying to do. And then this is Trudy again. Again, if I made you feel bad, I am sorry. I will delete these comments. It seems like the best thing, not only for me, but for you too. Good night. Uh, so, from what I've seen so far, it seems like she got some yaki weave, crimped it, got some braids, and then 
She didn't, maybe didn't outright say she was mixed, but didn't deny it either. And then, obviously, you know, has influence in her performance from Tasha, Yumi Ray. Um, Tim and I have some disagreements as far as, like, how she's, she's, She's kind of adopting her her um, style, but it's obvious that she's adopting it in in, uh, in some way. Um, and all I have to say is that there's no wonder Tasha does not want to be associated with this mess, because <laughs> um, I can just only imagine her like seeing someone um, that's like you know that's seeing someone that that. It looks up to her so much, but just does not get it. Um, you know, it's not about, you know, trying to, you know, if you're trying to, if you like black culture or you admire Tasha for what she's done, so you're just going to try and and turn yourself into Tasha. Um, and, and then that's, that's not the point. It's you can uh, you can admire what she's done and appreciate black culture and then um, be able to interpret it and express it in your own way uh, it's not about just taking it and where you know and, and kind of adapting it for your own for your own use for your own means and and that's and that's what I'm getting from it. I <laughs> so I I kind of want to go into this since since uh I've been kind of on this war path of not liking Trudy and um <laughs> and watching the progression of people throughout the course of this revelation has been very interesting to me. Um, I said from the start, from the first time, and I saw a lot of other people that totally agreed with me that Trudy was just being Tasha, like. Trudy walked up on stage and was like, this is my image, I'm Tasha. And that bugs me. And um, when we first saw her, everybody assumed she was Korean. So when, when, they, when they really talked about her attitude on stage and her, or well, not attitude, I should say her flow and her, her general cadence and everything, it was very much so she's acting like Tasha or she's very similar to Tasha or it, it's the same as Tasha, just not as good. And I and that's where I came in, and I was like, yes, this is how I feel about it, and this is why I don't like her, and I don't think I would support her. Um, going forward, as as we got into the show and we got the first episodes and the first introduction to her, there became a rumor that she was half black. There was no proof. Nobody came out. She never came out and said she was half black. It just became this this assumption because of the way her hair was and because she was of darker skin tone. Um, she also never, like you said, never denied it, but I don't ever think that it was asked, which is a, a big flag for me because every single person that has been half anything Korean, like ha especially half black, has been introduced to us as that. You never go and wonder unless they are full Korean. You never get that where they don't introduce what they are. It's always, oh, they're the Thai member. Oh, Tasha on her debut song, everything was half black or half black, half Korean uh, rapper makes her debut talking about her trials and tribulations. And Suni came out half black, half Korean, you know, 
singer comes out and debuts. Like it's it's always been a staple of of what they're doing. So because Trudy just came out and it just looked like it, people were okay with it, and people instantly embraced her when she when when we were under the impression that she was half black, or when that when that rumor went around. Um, and I even agreed. I, I could see why people would think that. And I even said on the last podcast. Even if she is, she's still blatantly trying to be Tasha. And you kind of stood up for her. A lot of people stood up for her once she became half black. Or the assumption was that she was half black. And it's like, for, for me, the biggest issue that I have is no matter, no matter what, at this point, she was still trying to be Tasha. And while I can see why she would look up to Tasha, I still think you need to acknowledge, or it needs to be acknowledged, that like if a person is just blatantly trying to be another person, it shouldn't matter, and they shouldn't get a free pass at it because they are half black as well. Um, it really bugged me that people were willing to say she was awesome and great when she literally was just trying to be Tasha. And yes, Tasha is amazing and great because Tasha was original. And not being original doesn't mean we should hop on you and, and co-sign. Like, she could have been great, or she could be great, who knows, I don't know. I'm not really going to support her now after what she said, obviously, but in terms of her talent, she could have embraced her own sound and been great. But instead, she took somebody else's idea and she imitated it. And, you know, people say imitation is the purest form of flattery or whatever, but I just disagree. I think it's a, a excuse to not have any ideas altogether. And we don't accept imitation outside of... Um, outside of this industry either, so I don't know why we would accept it in this instance where two people have something in common. I don't think two people having something in common means you need to sound alike, act alike, rap alike. I just, I don't agree with that. And now that we know that she is imitating this culture, people are going to turn on her again and talk about how she's just cosplaying as Tasha, which is literally what I've been saying from the beginning. So um, the thing that bugs me the most is like, there was a point, like a week's time, where she got this free pass to not to imitate somebody, and I just don't agree with that. Like I agree even less now that she clearly is um, appropriating black culture. Obviously, that's way worse, and that's the real problem. But my biggest, one of my problems is the fact that she even got the opportunity to do that at all, because she shouldn't have. She shouldn't have won. She shouldn't have accomplished what she did on the show already. And I, and unfortunately, I don't think she's even gonna it's going to hurt her on the show at all, being half black or not. It's only going to be international fans that are mad about it. Um, that's it. It's only us. Nobody else is going to care. Koreans don't care. They probably are going to like her more now, unfortunately. So um, it's just, it's strange to me that she got a free pass to do something that I just don't agree with. And I hope that she's unsuccessful um, because more than anything else, the thing that makes me the most mad is that she's she's cosplaying as a person who actually went through an incredible struggle, whose like life story I find incredibly captivating and like I have such a love and affection for Tasha's talent and um like it bugs me a lot that somebody came out and tried to be her. And I think that's why I stood on like a pedestal and just would not get on board because I really like Tasha. Like Tasha came out and was like, I'm going to be a dope rapper, and then I'm going to learn how to sing, and I'm going to be a dope singer too. And that's part of the reason that I like Gilmy so much. But the difference between them is that Tasha had to go through the struggle. She had to go through all the racism and all of that stuff, and she's turned around and had a beautiful life. Like, 
or she's she's now made something of herself, something beautiful. She's very respected. Um, she's honest and like I really really like her. Like if you made me pick a female rapper that I just that's the only one I could listen to, it's Tasha without like hands down. Um, so it it really bugged me, and I think that's why like I was I was in it the last time, and I was it was under my craw because. I really don't like that. And knowing now that this girl is like clearly just appropriating black culture and being a fake Tasha, that's like, it's frustrating because I want to watch the show, but I know I'm going to watch it and I'm going to see her and I'm be like, I hate you. I don't hear anything you have to say. I just don't care because she's just, she's everything that we shouldn't like about Koreans doing hip hop. Like she isn't even trying to pretend that she's not appropriating at this point. She went out and said, I love black culture, and that's it. Sorry. Like, great, sweetheart. I'm glad you do. But you don't have to do this. Like, this isn't how you show love. This is how you embarrass yourself. And you embarrass, you know, us. You just make, you make um, black culture look like a game and a joke. And it's like, it's not, dude. Like, the struggle is real for these people, especially Tasha, this person that you're trying to pretend you are. Like, she actually had to go through struggle looking the way she does, um, being, you know, just genuinely, she went through a struggle because she was born. That is mind-blowing. And, like, by copying her and acting like it's not a big deal, that's, like, it doesn't matter what she did, you know. And I'm not saying that you don't care, but her doing it, Trudy herself, just being like, oh, I'm just going to copy her. It's, like, she's built on a struggle. She grew herself this way. Like, she had to go through what she went through. And that's it. You can't just copy that and expect me to roll over and be like, well, you know, she's good though. No, she's not good. She's an imitator. No different than what Iggy is to to black people. She is exactly the same as that, except she is imitating somebody that I have incredible, incredible respect for and who went through an uh, incredible struggle that we can't even relate to. Like, obviously... Um, you know, we have our own fits of racism. Uh, definitely, I... I would be surprised if everybody hasn't encountered racism on this podcast. Uh, not on the podcast directly, but people involved in this podcast haven't experienced racism. I would doubt that. Um, but we can't even know what it's like to be literally about as hated as possible in Korea because not only is she not pure Korean, but she's half black. And it's clear that that's not really an acceptable thing at all. It's already not acceptable to not be pure Korean. But to be half black, I just I can only imagine what kind of things she had to go through to get to the point where she's at now. Um, so so I don't know. I think that's why I was so angry about it. And when I saw that today, I was just like, man, I knew I didn't like her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. But man, I'm glad that I didn't I didn't get on board with this because I feel like. I don't think I saw this coming at all, but I feel like this is justice. Like, her getting dragged by international fans, which I'm sure is going to happen once the truth comes out, like, I feel like that's going to be the justice for me because she is disrespecting somebody that I adore and somebody that I have so much respect for that, like, I just want to see her get dragged. I'm sorry. Like, this is the only person I've ever been like, I just want to see you get dragged. You and Shiwon both, I want to see you both get dragged, just all across the floor. <laughs> I mean, the thing with the her dirt. is that I think I was hoping that it was that it was not that case because I knew that if it if she if she wasn't you know if she wasn't half black if she wasn't you know it didn't have a direct you know 
um, didn't have a direct connection to black culture, that it would be that kind of situation. And that's sad. You know, I don't, you know, I, I was, I guess, you know, that's more hoping for the more optimistic um, outcome. But, um, like I said, this is something that you just, um, like, alerted me of, like, an hour or two before we started the podcast or started preparing for the podcast. And I don't think it's something that has been, as of right now, while we're, re while we're recording, has been um, picked up by, like, other fan sites and fandoms really yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, over the weekend, or at least by the time this is posted, <laughs> um, what people have to say about Trudy. Yeah, I'm um, curious if maybe it'll even really go out since it's all been on Twitter and stuff. Um, I do hope that people see this, uh, because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are still on like the side of Trudy, and it's just like, you shouldn't be after this. Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, if she... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very frustrated by it. It, it well, really it really bugs me. One of the most interesting comments I've seen so far online about this whole thing is someone said, so this is Korea's Rachel Dolezal or whatever her name is. Oh, the, the girl who, who oh, identifies. That is who it is. Dolezal. Dolezal. Yeah. Um, but then it's it's the thing with Korea is weird because they have a lot of people that do that, you know. It's kind of and they they don't see anything wrong with it, you know. It's like, oh, we're just, you know we're just being like black people, you know. Um uh but that's a that's a whole other issue. Oh my gosh, it is a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so, so I apologize for standing on my soapbox for that, but it really got me. <laughs> I was really angry. Well, no, I mean, I included it as part of, you know, the podcast, so um, this was something that came up, and um, considering that everyone, people are paying a lot of attention to I'm Pretty Rap Star, um, it's it's a valid piece of news. So, um, what were we gonna say, Kira? Oh, um, just so far, like from the you know net translated uh, netizen comments so far about Judy, mostly they do see that she's trying. They see they feel like she's trying to be like Yumide, like because they feel like even when she speaks, like she kind of sounds like she doesn't speak Korean properly or something like that. They're like, why does she sound like that? Um, like, she's trying to sound like Yumide. Because sometimes Yumide, like, when she speaks, um, she has, like, a slight accent or, like, the way she says certain Korean words kind of is, like, you know, kind of weird in a way, I guess, for them. But um, so they're like, oh, well, why does she sound like... And then uh, some people feel like, I guess, she's kind of cockyish in some way. But, you know, overall, like, no one... She's still getting kind of, you know, loved by the Korean netizens. So, I don't know. I think in the end, this is going to be another thing where it's going to be, like, it's going to be a huge topic for international fans while in Korea. It's going to be pretty, kind of be 
pretty quiet about. So, which sucks, but, you know. Well, um, on the topic of Korean and international fans, <laughs> this is a podcast... Uh, uh, this is a podcast that um, prioritizes international fans. Um, I will say that when we first kind of got together to put the podcast together, um, we did have a lot of discussions over the fact that we didn't have any um, people that anybody that giving a point of view as a Korean or a Korean American. And how that would affect, um, you know, our positions on on different our views on different um, on different things. So, but I feel like as international fans, that our views are just as valid. It's just coming from a different place. Um, but we also have to respect the fact that we're not speaking for Korean fans or not speaking as people that are Korean or from Korea or know about Korean culture and um, you know we have to be careful to not say oh well Koreans are like this or they obviously do this and do this because we don't know we can't speak from that um, experience um, none of us are Korean um, but um, I've always noticed, um, ever since I've gotten into this fandom, and noticed, and it's been interesting, there's this, especially as, you know, they had the whole how you wave and what not, um, and Western, you know, K-pop has gained more Western fans. Um, there's kind of a divide. Um, and it's not a... I don't feel like it's a huge divide. It's not something that's like, um, you know, everybody's on one side or another side, but it's still there because obviously there's a lot of things in play. There's a language barrier. There's a culture, cultural barrier. And um, so when you've got, you know, people from completely different other, you know, other countries. I mean, not just people from English countries, but people um, from Latin American countries, from European countries, um, that are into this, you know, thing. Um, from Korea, um, you, you've got you, you've got a lot of. I mean, it's like it's a United Nations level of like. Uh, diversity there, which is good, but at the same time, um, people sometimes people don't know what to do with that. Um, especially, you know, with, with some of these Korean communities, I feel like since they are, you know, they're artists, they're from their country, you know, they may feel not threatened, but it. I'll just read from what this. Uh, a popular on the 17th, um, the Korean online community instas um, had a discussion up on basically on why Korean fans just I don't no this is this is uh, in uh, interpretation uh, written by a uh, K-pop site. I don't know if they necessarily were saying that they despise international K-pop fans. It was more like 
a list of things by international K-pop fans that they were, to me anyway, that, you know, it was like, these are things that they do that, that get on their nerves. Um, and it was originally titled, Fans That Korean Fans Hate More Than The Chinese or Japanese Fans. Um, I don't think, you know, some people are saying, oh, could there be an international fan war and the And like I said, I don't think it was, you know, condemning all international fans. It was just, you know, more of a thing of, you know, we don't like people in general that do this or do this or this. Um, and there's uh, the translation that has been um, going around. Um, first of all, there's a disclaimer that says, I assure you this is not racism. Um, uh, Japanese fans are useful since they attend many concerts and are profitable for K-pop artists. Chinese fans purchase many goods, support relentlessly on various websites and help our artists become bigger. But the rest? Haha, <laughs> here are the reasons. One. They, they can't do math, they keep yelling OTP once you're pairing, they support the group as an entirety, they always support members who abandon their group, um, their delusional fantasies are over the top, many fans love secretly pairing up their favorite idols together, but international fans especially love pairing up male idols and female idols, even on YouTube you can see them telling the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say I have seen that, unfortunately. Um, they want everything in English. Most of the fans love just looking at what their biases write on their SNS, whether or not they understand it. And most of the fans just translate it through a translator or wait for a fan to translate it for them. But these international fans, when their biases don't write in English, they complain and ask their oppas and unis to write it in English. Papa, English please, Ani, English please. Why does a Korean artist need to write in English? Sure, it would be great if they wrote something in English, but it shouldn't be a requirement. I don't understand when some international fans demand things be written in English as well. They always pretend to know everything. In truth, they don't know anything. When I see their comments, they write on things they have no clue over and then still Korean fans and netizens with no reasons, um, and they don't understand why Korean fans act the way they do. They always insult Korea and Korean netizens, especially in culturally sensitive topics. They always spread rumors and stories over things. Uh, they always want to preach Korean fans. Every time there's a controversy incident, all their reactions are, oh, Korean fans are being too harsh, Korean netizens. Um, where are they you know, freaking talking about, yes, you guys are all geniuses and Korean fans are dumb. We too cannot understand your behaviors, but at least we spend money for our artists. You guys don't even spend for them downloading music illeg illegally and sharing videos from YouTube. Um, and yes, so um, that's pretty much the basis of what was posted. Um, on some uh, international K-pop sites, there have been some interesting discussions as far as um, you know what people think about what you know as far as uh, what has been the 
the things have been raised by the Korean netizens, and you know, like <laughs> we like when you notice when I was reading it. I mean, there are some things. Yeah, they're they're very true. Um, um, but I don't know. What do you do? You guys have an initial reaction to that, or have you had you guys? seen the article or anything about that before me having read it? Kiara, uh, I Tim? I hadn't seen the article, um, but I can't really say that I'm surprised. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why not? Because I feel like this is kind of the impression that we've always gotten. Um, and, and I don't think it's true for all, all Korean fans or anything like that. Um, but I feel like we've always had sort of a idea that maybe international fans in general, uh, like as a whole, aren't really respected or um, considered in the same light as Korean fans for whatever reason. Maybe it's not always their fandom that particularly does it, but... Um, I mean, do you feel like... But do you feel like international fans also... I mean, because the thing is here is, like, we've got Korean fans saying that international fans are being disre disrespectful in a lot of the things that they do. Right, and I think it's a, and I think that probably is true as well. I mean, I think that both of the fans, I think that all the fans in, in uh, or all the areas that have fans have very disrespectful fans, and unfortunately it's way easier to remember the disrespectful fans than it is the... Um, Respectful fans. Um, I don't really think that we're anything worse than people who tr like Korean netizens who comment about their their opars and their unis and all that good stuff. Um, but I do think that I do think that no matter how you look at it, Koreans and even Koreans from here or in general, just Koreans, uh, not not everybody. Obviously, this never applies to everybody. But I think that. The feeling that we get as international fans um, is that Koreans are very protective of their their fandom and their their groups, and so you know, even though I don't think they necessarily hate us, and I'm sure that there's plenty of like I'm sure that this isn't a majority feeling. You know, I I wouldn't want to think that uh, personally, but. I do think that we've always had this stigma like Korean fans don't really like us because we seem like outsiders, you know. Uh, they don't understand why we like music that we can't understand and things like that, which is funny since a lot of them like English mu music that they can't understand. Um, but I think that's just the way it is, and that's the vibe that I feel like we've always gotten. I mean, it was the same because I came from originally listening to like J-Rock and stuff, that's the same feeling that I had being in J-Rock. I mean, there were a lot of Japanese people that I talked to, um, you know, that would go to the same kind of international forums that I did because they were uh, westernized or on, you know, or in the West were born here, things like that, that felt the same way where they didn't understand why, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, English, English speakers, native English speakers, you know, from all walks of life would like this Japanese rock music that's made for like Japanese people and it's like you're misunderstanding that music is music you know what you decide that you want to like and how you get into it is none of anybody's business as long as you like it and plenty of international fans buy the music when they can and things like that I mean I haven't 
downloaded an album in a really long time because of iTunes. Once everything got on iTunes, shh, I didn't care anymore. I just bought it off iTunes, whatever. I'll spend <laughs> yeah, the ten bucks. I've seen a lot of like defensive arguments from um, people in English-speaking forums where people have been like, "Well, you know, when you want, you know, your groups or, or artists or whoever to get global recognition, you know, you guys are, you know." you know, begging us to, you know, vote for this and do for that and whatever. But, you know, then, you know, but then, you know, of course, in normal situation, you know, you then you want to act like we don't exist. But, of course, I mean, of course, all the groups, I mean, none of the groups are going to turn down a chance for global recognition because it's more money. Um, it's more success. Um, but, I mean, it's very, 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 very few, very few <laughs> that will, you know, ultimately be able to achieve it. Um, but it's just, um, it's interesting because, um, like I said, I, I read some of the things that people said on Amona, um, some of the people that are, um, expats, people there are Westerners living in South Korea and, you know, trying to go see music shows and, and whatnot and, and people being resentful of the fact um, they feel like they're taking spots away from Korean fans um, in music shows um, to see artists and, and things like that. Um, but then again, it seems like it's just a situation that goes both ways. Um, that there are people that are, are, you know, international fans, Western fans, whatever, that are, you know, that do have an attitude or are ignorant or are clueless um, and just kind of come in as, uh, uh, I guess, how people like to say, Korea booze. Um, that's pretty much a negative term. Uh, <laughs> And, um, and people that, you know, are really into Korean culture but don't understand it or are ignorant of it or don't really want to understand it, um, they're just there because they're like, oh, I, I want to see Vix or whatever, and are, are just kind of polluting um, the area. And then, you, you know, you have people on the other side as well, that, you know, that have Korean people that, you know, may be unfairly um, resentful of, of Westerners and, um, you know, feel like, oh, well, they're just here because, you know, they like them and they don't buy their music and they don't really support them and they're not part of their fan club. And the fact is they don't know that. Um, but well, it's there a, are... a general stereotype, right? Like that, when, when people... When people wonder how stereotypes come about, it's because there is a loud enough group that has facilitated the existence of the stereotype. And there right. is a stereotype amongst, or for Koreans towards Western fans that, you know, they don't buy their music. And they, you know, basically everything that that outlined are like stereotypes of a, of a Western fan. And right. I think that, it, that, that's because it does exist in some form. Right. And it's and loud, or it's the true. most noticeable. 
that's that's probably better. Not necessarily that it's loud, but it's what you notice because people are more inclined to notice the bad, not the good. The reason that yeah. stereotypes are bad is because they're always based in bad things because people don't want to recognize the good. Um, with a few exceptions, obviously everybody has like a stereotype that people want to be like, yeah, but that one's true because it's good, right? But yeah. That's where that kind of thing comes from, and stereotypes don't exist just for race. They're, they exist for religion. They exist for fandoms. They exist for everything, and this is one of those stereotypes where we have this bad image of, of a Western fan because there are those ones that pollute the air, and we have a bad – and, you know, you can even say for, for uh, Western fans towards Korean fans, we have a bad image of Koreans as well, uh, of Korean netizens. You know, we think a lot of, we think a lot of them are crazy. Um, that some of them are racist or rude or, you know, whatever. They make a big deal out of what we think is nothing. But some of the things that we think are nothing are huge deals there. It's a difference in culture. And so we don't understand that because we don't know the culture enough. That makes us look like ignorant fans, you know, because we don't yeah. put the same emphasis that they do because they have a structure. They have something that they've always abided by. And while we may not accept it or agree with it, we are not that culture. That's the culture that these artists are from. We have to respect that in its own way. Uh, in, in some respects, obviously, there are some things that I think are unacceptable, period, just based on a moral issue. Like, I don't accept racism. I'm sorry. I don't accept colorism. I'm sorry. I can't do it. But um, I, do, I do understand where this article is coming from. I understand where the writer is coming from. But they're just talking about stereotypes, and they're just mad. And that's fine. I mean, I don't think... I don't think the majority of fans are that way, and I don't think the majority of Koreans believe that we are all that way. But I do think there's probably a good portion on both sides that would agree with that article. So it, it's, I don't know, it, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you have to realize that, like, you can only do your part to improve the image of Western fans. Like, when I go to... Um, a Korean show where there's a lot of Koreans. I used to go to, or well, I've been to a bunch of hip-hop concerts. Most hip-hop concerts are like 90% Korean, and then there's like, you got your, your expats every, every once in a while, right? Like the Western fans that don't really look like they belong. Mm -hmm. I try to be respectful to the artist. Um, I try to jam with the people the way they're jamming. I don't try to stand out. I'm very nice and respectful, you know, I don't push in front of people or anything like that, I'll move if somebody, if I'm taller than somebody, which happens a lot, um, so it's just a matter of how you present yourself to the audience that you're around, right, mm -hmm. um, if you start acting like, you know, and nobody's going to remember me, that's what's unfortunate, nobody's going to re remember the six foot tall half black dude that decided to be nice at a, at a Korean concert, you know, and let somebody stand in front of them or help them get That's something. the thing is that somebody might, you know what I'm saying? Right, and that's why and I that's do it. I mean, I'll do it regardless because I believe that I have a job to do in making Western fans look better. And it's, it's me as a person, I don't like to come off as rude, you know. I don't try to make people mad at me. I don't try to make people hate me. It doesn't get me anywhere. When I'm out in public, I want to be very respectful, very kind to people because I think that that encourages other people to give the same, you know. If you're nice to somebody, I think that carries over, and I've always tried to live that way. I think the problem with fandom on both sides is that it encourages people to kind of feel like they have some sort of <laughs> entitlement Yes. Over, um, over whoever it is that they like, or whatever group or artist that they like, and so you've got two different, you know, two different groups here that you know 
oh, this is, you know, this is my group, you know, this is my bay, this is my offer, you know, this is whatever. And so, and you have them together, and you can see how, you know, if you have, um, uh, say, a concert, and you've got, uh, say, 70%, uh, you know, Korean people, and like 30% non-Korean, and, and, and you've got, you know, people that are, you know, acting like, you know, um, you know, I'd, for a lack of a better word, people saying Korea booze, you know, you know, it's trying to, you know, get attention and, and acting like, you know, they should be noticed, and, you know, like you said, with, with Korea, you know, some Koreans, you know, feeling like they have a um, deeper connection with their artists because they're from where they're from, and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that they probably do. I mean, they're from the same, they're from the same culture, from the same country. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they, they do have, I mean, a deeper connection in, in, in some ways, but, um, like I said, the the nature of fandom, you have just fans in general get this whole idea of entitlement, and um, I think it's damaging <laughs> to both sides, um, and especially when you get like two different, you know, people from two different cultures and countries together, and you know, the both of them are rabidly fans of like one group, and then you've got maybe one group that is, you know, a majority over another group, and you know, but this the the minority group is louder, maybe pushier, um, you know, more you know extroverted, whatever. So. It's just, I, I feel like the dynamics are interesting, but it, it's potentially dangerous, too. Because with the whole how you thing, I mean, it's died down a lot, but you still, I mean, you still see, like, um, South Korea is still kind of trying to do it. You know, they've got the whole thing on Jeju Island where they've got, what is it, like a whole, like, uh like a kind of a museum sort of thing for K-pop. Um, they have like a K-pop museum on Jeju Island or something. And, um, you know, with uh, K even like with KCON this year, doing things on the East Coast. So, you know, they still see the potential um, and, you know, what what uh, K-pop can do for them economically. Um, so, I mean, it's still a problem that's going to be there. Um, Kiara, do you have any anything <laughs> to say about that? Uh, I mean, you guys pretty summed it up pretty well. I mean, I think in the end, it always falls down to just, you know, cultural difference. Um, you know, K-pop, you know, it, you know, K-pop has, like, you know, the whole idol scene has been around for a long time, and it, it's always had a certain structure to it, and so when I think, 
when the Hayu started to really gain engine and then with so much more like international international fandom and you know grew, you know it created a lot of a lot of you know friction between the two. Um, you know it started off with when you know international when groups would go to would have concerts internationally and they'd have things like you know they would have like photo shoots like the take a oh you could take a picture with your idol or you know international fans are not some of them are not afraid to ask for hugs or you know be or just take be very close to them while you know Korean fans they tend to have at times trying to make sure like oh have to keep a sort of distance because it's part of the idol culture you know trying not to get too close but you know you can't touch them too much or you can't do this to them and so when they see international fans just do whatever they want like oh I'm gonna hug him or like you know touch him in a more like intimate manner you know it creates mm -hmm. upset feelings within the Korean fans and then I think just a lot of misunderstandings also happen a lot as well and because it's you know cultural differences and you know um, language mm -hmm. differences and you know because the thing is I especially notice it a lot you know though especially international fans whose first language is English um, mm -hmm. there, there, there's certain jokes that happens within the international K-pop community and Korean fans and even fans whose language isn't English their first language is isn't English like they don't understand it and then it they think your uh, fans are being are being serious like let's say uh, uh, English speaking fan makes a joke about hating their idol when really they love them but they're you know sometimes fans are like oh my god I hate you so much but what they really mean is I love them so much oh yeah CL did a whole like dedicated part of her one of her songs to that not then, bad meaning good but well, yeah, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good or whatever. Something like that. And but then, like you know, other <laughs> try to educate us on that. Other international fans, or maybe it's like some Korean fans, won't see it that way. They won't see it as a joke. And then, you mm. know, I think a lot of misunderstanding is also a big part of it. Um, I mean, I think like you know, you and Tim have said that in the end, it's always the smaller group that has the loudest voice in these things. Because um, I feel like a lot of these comments, I do think in some sense, a lot of the Korean fans do feel this way. But it's not like a strong feeling, or not all of it. They don't. They all agree to all of it. I think it's just maybe small groups of Korean fans feel this way. And I think it comes to play when like how like international concerts tend to have a bit more. Um, you know, perks compared to a Korean concert. You know, Korean concert, there's just a concert and that's it. You know, while here you get high touches or you get photo time or, you know, all these type of things. And then because, you know, it is international concerts, um, sometimes idols tend to be more attentive or they tend to do a lot more like, you know, um, fan service or things like that. And it's not because, you know, they love their international fans more, but, you know, this is like, you know, they're trying to get as much as they can out of it. And, you know, but, you know, again, a lot of this has to do with friction and a lot of misunderstandings, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, because in the end, Korean, there's certain things Korean fans kind of envy about, you know, international fans. And there's certain things that, you know, international fans envy Korean fans about. Like, you know, how you said, like, you know, that you feel like Korean fans have the special connection to the idols compared to compared to international fans, because international fans, most likely you'll see them once or twice a year if they go to your country, while Koreans, they see them a bit more often, but then Koreans, you know, they also 
get upset about that too because they're like, oh well, we even though we it seems like we have more opportunities, they're more strenuous opportunities because you know they had to go through so many loops and things and rings just to see their idols in Korea because it's a lot of things they have to go through and it's just you know it's just a lot really. But, um, yeah. I think in the end, I think in the end, both sides have their positives and their negatives. And I just, to be honest, I laugh at some of these things that that were listed as to why they don't like international bands. Because at the end of the day, we in the end, because international, when you say international fandom, you're talking about fans from all over the world. That's not in Korea. And you know, that's well, like ninety nine percent. Well, what I understood from the article, it was basically anybody that wasn't Chinese or Japanese. So, yeah, but I mean, so I think some of that also falls for them as well. But um, but yeah, pretty much. But that still counts like a good portion of the rest of the world, which is you know North America, South America, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and if you're just saying Chinese and Korean fans, then you're just talking about Eastern Asian fans, and then you have your Southwest fans, Southern, Southeastern. Whatever you know, Southern Asian fans and you know fans from Philippines and other countries, Singapore. So you know, we're then again the, the the international scope is so much bigger than Korean fans, and we're so we're such a greater number, and so a lot of our opinions always clash. Even within international fans, it's always clashing as well. So international fans try with each other, don't like each other about certain things. International fans don't like certain things with Korean fans. And it's always an endless cycle of arguing. So Whatever. This one, I'll just enjoy the music and be happy. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. I think as far as what Kiara said, if, if everyone did that, we would be much better. Well, um, balancing off of that onto a completely unrelated topic, I do want to say a happy seventh anniversary to IU, who had a Korean um, journalist write an entire entire article about why she's so popular. Um, you can find it on Koreaboo. It's actually quite interesting. <laughs> the guy did a lot of quite a bit of research, but basically was you know basically found out why is IU so popular and and basically you know went you know looked at a bunch of pie charts and bar graphs and was like, you know, people like her because she's awesome. Basically that was his 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 main his his main thing there. So um IU um sev seven years. Hooray Um Okay, so I think before he leaves Tim should Hi. remind everyone <laughs> how they can get in touch with us. Why don't you ever give me a warning? Do you need a warning at this point? No, I just like to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, once again, thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to go visit our website, it's uh, average. Wait. Did I say that right? I don't know if I said that right. Hold on. Now I'm not confident. I don't have okay. my little docket. Give me one. Okay, let's do it again. So thank you for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Uh, please check out our website, uh, notyouraveragenetizens.squarespace.com. So I was right. Uh, we also have a Tumblr that Shannon typically runs, which is notyouraveragenetizens.tumblr.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash notyouraveragenetizens. 
Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, thank you. Please rate and subscribe. And we did get another comment. I saw it. Um, so I don't remember what the user's name is. I wish that I had it pulled up. I will definitely pull it, pull it up for the next show and, and talk about it. But thank you for uh, giving us five stars. I saw that. I really do appreciate maybe we'll that. Put it, maybe we'll put it on our Twitter. Yeah, that, that might yeah. be a good idea. Um, but so, uh, yeah, please rate, subscribe, um, and comment. It really does help us a lot. It moves us up. Uh, every comment, every subscription, all of that really does help. Obviously, I don't expect us to like be at the top of the charts, but it is nice, and I really appreciate the help. Um, if you're looking for us on iTunes, you can find us at just searching Not Your Average Netizens. You'll see us. We have a little uh, lollipop with a radio thing. It's very fancy. It's our old logo. I like it. <laughs> we need to get that new one up there, though. I don't know. Um, uh, if you are listening, or if you're listening to us on iTunes, you can also find us on SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Not Your Average Netizens. Uh, please comment there as well. We do have a user that comments a lot there, and I really do appreciate that. I do read the comments. Um, I don't necessarily always know how to respond. I've also never used SoundCloud to respond to people, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, there's that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to talk to us about the show, uh, give us any um, suggestions for topics that we still would like to do that, or if you want us to read an email, like maybe it's a question that you want to hear on the air us answer, uh, you can get a hold of us at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. And last but not least, we are on Twitter. Um, you can find us at NYA Netizens. That's it. Okay. Thanks, Tim. All right. So, yes. Thank, yeah. Thank you for all of you guys who continue listening and continue commenting on um, our podcast and um, following us on Twitter and um, telling uh, your friends about us and yeah, I mean, this is mostly just, uh, you know, a way for us to get together and talk about K-pop stuff. But, um, you know, we hope that, you know, there are people out there that enjoy listening to it as well. So um, thank you to you guys that um, enjoy listening to us and, um, you know, interacting with us. Um, is there anything else? Anyone wants to bring up? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, I think that will be it for this week. Um, I'm sure a bunch of stuff will happen between now and the time we post this podcast. <laughs> so um, you guys will have more stuff to ask us. Why didn't you mention this? Because it didn't happen yet. So, um, so but... Um, you guys, everyone, I hope everyone has a great weekend. And, yeah, thank you guys for listening. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye.